There's a phrase in the Bible, I, it appears in Ephesians 6, and uh, it's also in the book of Jude. In Ephesians 6, it says, praying always in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. In Jude, it says praying in the Holy Ghost, but it obviously means the same thing. And so not too long ago, I began to really want to know what it means to pray in the Spirit. I had theories. You know, I got theories about everything that the Bible teaches. But I want to know exactly what it is. And I know that God doesn't just throw a phrase like that out there without giving some understanding about what it is and so I want to pray in the spirit I want to pray in the Holy Ghost but I want to know exactly what that means to strengthen my my prayer and so I began to ask the Lord and I even put it on my prayer list of the things I've got things that I ask God to do for me personally and they're all things like wisdom and uh, faith and holiness and so I put it on my prayer list there uh, of uh, there's I don't know about 10 things on that first page it's all about things that that I want God to build into me and on the bottom I said Lord please teach me what it means to pray in the spirit and so I've been I've been praying that and considering it looking for more insight as I'm reading my Bible and uh, here's what what I began to be impressed upon my heart and I believe it was the Lord I knew that even more than praying in the Spirit in the Bible was the idea of walking in the Spirit. And here's what was impressed in my heart. If you're not going to pray in the Spirit, if you're not walking in the Spirit. Okay, that makes sense. So, my next question is, exactly what does it mean? To walk in the Spirit. Now, I had theories. I could preach on I mean, I could, I could stand up. I'm, and many of you could, too. Uh, we, we've studied the Bible enough that if I said, hey, get up and testify about what it means to walk in the Spirit, we, we, could, all, we could all spit out some accurate ideas, some, some scriptural ideas, or at least ideas that wouldn't, vi- wouldn't contradict Scripture. But I want to know precisely what it is. So my next question was, all right, Lord. Exactly what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And that's where my thinking and my, my uh, prayers have been since that thought was impressed on my mind. And so I'm watching. I'm watching as I read the Bible. I'm watching various things. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And there's a lot of concepts in the Bible that God just has to teach you. You, can, you know, you can, I'm not saying don't read books. I read all the time. But you could read a chapter on it that someone else had written, and all you're reading, even though it's helpful, what you're reading is what God taught him. One of the mistakes that modern independent Baptists, and I I can't speak for anybody else because that's all I've ever been, one of the mistakes that modern independent Baptists have made is instead of letting God teach us we read what God taught somebody else and we just let the somebody else teach us. Not even considering that maybe the holes in your soul 
are not the same that are the holes that were in his soul that wrote the thing. I'm not talking Bible writers. I'm talking a book that you read. So for him, maybe 1, 3, 5, 7, and 9 were good, but 2, 4, 6, and 8 were messed up. So God really only dealt with him on 2, 4, 6, and 8. And that's what he wrote his book about. And you pick it up and you read it and you say, well, I got to tell you, I'm pretty much already doing that. You know why? Because your holes are 1, 3, 5, 7, and 9. I don't know if that illustration just made sense to you. It did to me. All right? But what I'm saying is, yes, get, listen, get instruction from every, the Bible very strongly talks about receiving instruction and learning. And I am, I'll talk about this probably in a few minutes, but I'm, I'm listening to preaching all the time. I'm reading all the time and, and taking in all the time. But it's no substitute for letting God teach me. And I think walking in the Spirit is one of those subjects that you have to let God teach you what it means. Now, say, then why are you preaching on it? Hopefully tonight, I'm just going to prime the pump. Hopefully tonight, I'm going to create in you the appetite to let God teach you what it means to walk in the Spirit. So, I'm just going to share with you, here's a phrase I just can't stand, but I'm going to use it. My journey. (laughs) And I'm going to share with you the process of the first few steps of God teaching me what it means, no pun intended there, the first few steps of walking in the Spirit, just to shake up your thinking and hopefully get you seeking the Lord. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Let me just say as a teaser by way of introduction, and I hope not to be long, but I've hoped that many other times. Let me say... I don't think most Christians walk in the Spirit. I think you can walk in the Spirit without knowing it, but I don't think you can walk in the Spirit without trying. So what is that? That doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Okay. Did you ever set out to do one thing and you gave a lot of effort to it, and in the process you found out that you were also accomplishing this other thing that you didn't set out to do? Like, for example, you, you tried to just flat out lose weight. You say, I'm just going to take off 20 pounds. And, and you did that. But while you were taking off that 20 pounds, the process you found out next time you went to the doctor, you also lowered your cholesterol. You weren't trying to lower your cholesterol. But the same process that brought about the weight loss also lowered your cholesterol. So... You accomplished it without trying to or without knowing you were, but you didn't accomplish it without trying something. So let me say this. If you're making no spiritual effort whatsoever, you're not walking in the Spirit then. But you may be striving for something else, like you may be working on your prayer life, and as a result, you're walking in the Spirit. Okay? 
I'm just throwing that out as sort of like an introductory teaser, but let's, let's keep going here. My mind's pondering this question of precisely what does it mean? I can preach a message on it, and you could teach a Bible study on it. You could, we, many of us could. But I want Bible answer. God, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And here's my question. I'm not critiquing anybody. This is just a fact from looking at the volumes that are available to read. My question is, why do so few men, comparatively, so few men emphasize and explain what it means to walk in the Spirit. You try to find an explanation of that, a scriptural explanation, and definitely you won't find an emphasis of it, the importance of walking the Spirit, walking the Spirit, walking the Spirit. Why do so men, few men emphasize that? And the antagonist inside of me, which I would have to say is my old nature, you've got one inside of you too, answers that with, well, because everybody already knows what it means. We just... Christians just automatically know. But then my spirit responds to that and says, well, if everybody already knows what it means, why do so few Christians live it? But my antagonist is right there with an answer. Most Christians are living it. Most Christians are walking in the spirit. But then... My spirit within me responds with this question. If most Christians are living it, why isn't it working? How come more Christians aren't living victoriously? If most Christians are living it, if most Christians already know what it means to walk in the spirit and they're doing it, how come we're not seeing more people brought to Christ? How come... We don't see more lives transformed. How come we haven't impacted this society? Folks, we need to be strong enough to handle an indictment against ourselves. And it's not, it's not against any group. There's no group, I don't care what name you want to bring up, that is impacting society as a whole, I think you'd have to admit we're, we're failing. If we're all, we all know how, what it means to walk in the Spirit and we're all doing it, why aren't we making more of a difference? And I think the answer is very clear. We're not walking in the Spirit. And I think the reason we're not is because we don't know what it means. So I'm back to the question that we started with. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And all I'm going to do is give you some introductory answers based on what we find in Romans chapter 8. Now, I suppose if you were, if you were not saved, that this line of thinking wouldn't interest you whatsoever i got to tell you, as a Christian, no, this is not going to be a monumental sermon, greatest sermon ever preached. No, not, not by any stretch. But I have to tell you, if you're a Christian and it doesn't even intrigue you to consider the question, what does it mean to walk 
in the spirit, then your heart is in a very carnal place. And I would urge you to, and I don't, I don't, probably nobody here is there, but boy, if you are, give yourself a checkup, check up your heart. It ought to intrigue us. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? Let me just give you some thoughts right from this. And these are the things that the Lord has been impressing on me. To be honest with you, I had a bunch of different directions I want to go tonight. And uh, whenever I only get to preach once on Sunday, it's like, wow, then I'm really limited. So, but, but I really believe this is where God wants us to be because I believe God wants you to make some discoveries of your own. Walking in the Spirit. If you could walk in the Spirit, it would change your life, and then it would begin to change other people's lives. Okay? Some observations based on the Scripture we read. Number one, walking in the Spirit is the opposite of what comes naturally. And what comes naturally is walking in the flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, we could really pick that apart as to whether that means just because you're saved, you're because you say, no condemnation, that's got to be talking about all Christians but there is some condemnation in this life that we and at the judgment seat of Christ that we bring upon ourselves if we're walking in the flesh. So I don't think that automatically means all born-again believers, because all born-again believers are, are not going to be condemned at the great white throne judgment, that automatically means that all born-again believers by default are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. I don't think that's what it's telling us. There is no condemnation for the believer at the great white throne judgment, for sure. But there is condemnation we can bring upon ourselves in this life. Condemnation simply meaning you sin, you pay for it. If you're saved, and this is the classic you know, example, if you're saved and you still go out and get drunk and you get in your car and uh, you, you hit somebody and, and uh, kill them, that's whatever it turns out to be, manslaughter. You have brought some condemnation upon yourself. You're not going to hell for that. But you've brought some condemnation within the parameters of being a Christian. Right? Let's, that's a debate I really don't want to have tonight if you'll just look at the text and see, yeah, I see that. Okay, So we're not talking about every Christian is automatically walking in the Spirit. He is saying... There's no condemnation at all for every believer who is walking in the Spirit. You, when you're walking in the Spirit, you will never bring condemnation upon yourself in any way. That's a great thought. That's not really the thought I was going after. What I'm showing you, though, is that they're walking in the Spirit is the opposite of what comes naturally. So here's, here's the point. Walking in the flesh comes naturally. If you go through your day tomorrow and all day you do what you want to do without making any spiritual effort whatsoever, you'll be walking in the flesh, not walking in the spirit. So if, you, if, you, if you're wondering, well, you know, Pastor, I, yeah, I didn't read my Bible all week and I didn't really talk much to God except, you know, praying before the meal and stuff like that. And, um, but I, I wasn't living in sin. 
as in, I didn't tell any lies, I didn't curse, I didn't, you know, smoke any pot or anything like that. I wasn't living in sin, so I was, if I wasn't living in sin, I must have been walking in the Spirit. No, I don't think you understand it, if you're thinking like that. What comes naturally to all of us is walking in the flesh, which meaning doing what, what our body wants to do. Walking in the flesh is doing what your body wants to do. Now, you may control that a little bit, but even when you control that, if, okay, for an unsaved person to control his eating because he, you know, wants to look good or whatever, he's still following his flesh. He's not doing it for spiritual reasons. Nothing wrong with that for, for him. I'm just saying a lost person can discipline himself, but even he is doing that pursuing the flesh because his flesh tells him, well, it's a good idea, that'll it'll make my life better or whatever. See, walking in the flesh does not inherently mean pursuing sin. It just means that you're not following the leadership of the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit is the opposite of what comes naturally. What comes naturally is walking in the flesh. Second thought about this thing, what does it mean? Time out before I get to second thought. This may be the most important statement we make on the subject tonight. The first step to walking in the Spirit is to genuinely desire something different than what everybody settles for. That's step number one. And that's what I hope, by God's grace, to accomplish tonight. To cause God's people to say, I want something different than what Christianity settles for. I don't want to judge anybody's salvation. But good grief. How many actors, politicians, country singers... Oh, yeah, I believe Jesus. In that same conversation, somebody will tell a dirty joke and he'll laugh with everybody else. I don't know if that guy's saved or not, but he's not walking in the Spirit. I'm not judging anybody else's salvation. I'm saying simply, let's not settle for what everybody else settles for. Let's not settle for the Spirit. How do you, what is the spiritual status quo accomplishing in our society? Nada. No. The, the spiritual status quo. Who's, who's, the, who's the ultimate pop culture Christian icon? In my mind, it's Joel Osteen. Where's, where's Joel Osteen's message getting us? It's getting us transgender bathrooms. Now, I'm not saying that he is responsible for that. I'm saying the Christianity that is fall into that level, if that even is Christianity. That's where it's getting us. That's what's filling up the, the Colosseum churches, the mega churches. And this is what it's doing to society. Compare that to what Billy Graham Christianity did to society. Billy Graham, you watch some of those old crusades. They play them on Saturday nights. Lost people looked more like Christians than Christians do now. 
Billy Graham wasn't perfect in his approach and so forth, but man, I'm not going to sit here and, and slam him. His message made a difference. All I'm saying is this body of believers, what, if the whole rest of the world wants to go straight to the devil, may this body of believers right here say we're not settling for Christianity that walks in the flesh. Christianity that does what just comes naturally to the human mind and heart. All right? Second thing about walking in the flesh. Walking in the flesh, I'm sorry, walking in the spirit. Walking in the flesh means following my physical appetites. I've already pretty much said that, but let's put it down. Walking in the flesh means following my physical appetites. Walking in the spirit means following the Holy Spirit's leading. That verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So walking in the flesh means, and that's how Galatian terms it, walking in the flesh, means walking after the flesh. You're following your fleshly appetites. If you're walking in the flesh, for example, let's use the the example of prayer. If you're walking in the flesh or after the flesh, you are never going to pray when nobody's looking. Unless it's to tell somebody that you had prayed. Or you may pray when nobody's looking if you really need something badly enough. But if... The Spirit of God were to wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and the first thing you thought of when you woke up, it, you know, you don't usually, I usually sleep very soundly. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning and the first thing that comes to your mind is Ned and Jim's friend in Scotland. That's, that's the Holy Spirit doing something right there. That's say Scotland was Ireland, wasn't it? Uh, Ireland, the Holy Spirit's doing something there. And if you're driven by your flesh you're going to be too comfy and cozy to do anything about it. But if you're driven by the Spirit, you're going to have to go before the throne of grace for a little bit. There's the difference. Walking in the flesh means you always do. And let's face it, we are plagued. And Sunday night I'm preaching to the choir, as they say. But still, we've got to understand, we are plagued with a Christianity that does what we want to do. And we only do what what the Spirit leads us to do if it's convenient for us and, and beneficial to us, which is not walking in the Spirit. That's still walking in the flesh. Because you're still doing what you think benefits you. This will be fun for me. I feel like doing this that is walking after the flesh. So, Walking in the flesh means following my physical appetites. Walking in the spirit means following the spirit's leading. Third thing about it, and we're getting close to the end here. This text tells me that I'll follow whichever influence dominates my thinking. Verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now you look at this, which, which is, comes, this is chicken and the egg. Which is coming first here? I think they're closely attached. 
so closely attached that you can't discern which. In other words, do you walk after the flesh because you're thinking or because you think after the flesh because you walk after the flesh? I think they're one and the same. I don't think there's a distinction to be made there. But you will follow whichever influence dominates your thinking. And that's when it comes down to it is so important to control what you're thinking about. What do you, I can't emphasize to you enough, be a reader and read good things. And you don't have to be a fast reader. You don't have to be able to say, yeah, I read 100 pages today. Read a paragraph. I'm not a fast reader. You know, I'll tell you why I'm not a fast reader is because if sentence number one throws me, then I'm reading sentence number two and I can't stop thinking about what did sen- what was that sentence number one? So I have, I, I'll wind up reading the same sentence five times. You say, wow, you, you have some, you're not real smart, are you, Pastor? No, I'm not real smart. But I'll tell you what, reading that sentence five times might help me. But read. And here's another thing I don't, I don't folks say. Well, see, but I don't retain that well. I don't either. You know, when, when, I, when I wash my hands, I don't retain that water real well. But my hands are cleaner when I'm done. You don't get clean hands because you retain water. You get clean hands because you put them under the water. Read some good books. Now, obviously, first and foremost, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get in you. But read some good books, some good spiritual books. Listen, the, the, the podcasts. Uh, I'm not not talking about ours. I'm talking about there's there's some good ones. I listen to at least three times as much preaching as what I pray, at least that that much. And listening to, to and, you know, they'll pile up. And I'll just, I'll put press, press play. Sometimes if I get behind on podcasts, in other words, they keep loading them up, I'll go to bed with my earbuds in, and I'll it'll be I'll be listening to it all night while I'm sleeping, and not even realize it. So you missed something. I, I wasn't going to get caught up anyway. So hey, I took a mental bath while I was sleeping. But I fill my mind. Why? Because because I'm going to walk after whatever fills my mind. That brings us to number four. We're done. Flesh-driven thinking leads to walking in the flesh, which leads to death. Holy Spirit thinking leads to walking in the Spirit, which leads to life and peace. Where's the, okay, adding to the scripture we've already read, verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. Why? Because carnal mindedness causes you to walk after the flesh. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's the message. Let me just make a second of application, and then we're going to seek the Lord about this thing for a minute before we say goodbye tonight. My wife, my wife gets, my wife gets, um, because of her book and because the Lord has opened the door for her to speak, um, she, she gets, she gets, Bombard, we'll be driving down the road or just do all kinds of stuff, and somebody will say, hey, uh, this girl in my church needs help. I can't help her. Can she call you? Yeah. And I'm, it's, it's not constant, but it's, it's several times a week. And here's what, here's what people say. 
I need help, and this is my issue, this is what's going on. And please don't just say, read my Bible and pray. It's amazing how many times women or girls will say that. Please don't just say, read my Bible and pray. Now, part of me rebels against that because i got to tell you, read my Bible and praying, man, it does wonders for me. But there's another part of me that knows exactly what they're saying. Because if you think just looking at some words and checking off a box, if you think just reading a prayer list to God is going to solve anything, then you have an academic Christianity. And maybe, maybe that's where we're coming into what it means to pray in the Spirit. Where I don't just go to God and I say, okay, God, uh, so Lord, I pray that you, oh, let's see, uh, bless Amy, bless Catherine, Zach, Joe, Amanda. Okay, that's done. And uh, Lord, I pray also, please, that you would uh, bless the church and bless, um, that's not praying the spirit right there. I can take that same prayer list and in the same amount of time after I've come into the presence of the Lord by through worship and through meditation, not for half an hour, I mean, half an hour is fine, but hey, 30 seconds or a minute maybe wouldn't hurt of focusing on where I'm at, closing my eyes so I can focus and, and not answering the phone. And if anybody texts or whatever, just, Coming into God's presence, and Lord, you're so awesome. And once, I'm, once I realize who I'm talking to, and I, I get my own attention, now, Lord, I pray for my wife today. Oh, God, you've been so good to me in, in giving me the lady you've given to me, and I pray that you bless her today, take good care of her. Lord, I pray for my kids. I pray that you bless them and take care of them. And do you see the difference there? Sure you do. I don't know that just that difference is everything that it may, means to pray, to, to pray in the Spirit, but I have to believe it's somewhere in that direction. Whether you're just going through your Christian duties as, you know, I'm a good Christian, I checked off all my check marks today. Or whether you put your heart into it every single day day one of the great challenges to me of the christian life is putting my heart into it every single day because you have one day where you say oh man lord it was awesome a time i spent with you today and you were you were in my mind and my heart all day it was great and then the next day i remember what it took to get there yesterday and I just don't feel like, you know, straining my emotions like that. I don't feel like doing that mental and physical putting forth that effort because my flesh knows it's easier just to sit here and, you know, read a book. But my spirit says, you want to take a trip with God to, again today? You got to do some spiritual exercises. You got to think. You might wind up crying. You might need to do some singing out loud right there where you are to get my heart working. 
I say to you, don't settle for what American Christianity in 2016 is settling for. Don't settle for walking in the flesh. I don't have all the answers to what it means to walk in the Spirit. But what we looked at tonight clearly is right there in Romans 8. And if you're not making any spiritual effort at all, I can tell you beyond a doubt, you're not walking in the Spirit. Because we, we won't do it without some spiritual effort. I ask you tonight to, to seek the Lord. Would you stand with me together? And Amy, as soon as you can get to the piano, just start playing softly if you would. But.